0: This is Garage Logic Podcast number 21, October 11th, 2018. All of this brought to you by our friends at Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with rookie on production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. It's time for Author's Corner with Joe Souchere, and this one is a strike. You think you're better known in the Twin Cities now as John Sanford as opposed to John Camp? Oh yeah, really? Of course I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no question about it. When you get interviewed when I interview you, then in here in the Twin Cities, I should be I, I should be saying we have John Sanford joining us. Yeah, I think you probably should. Yeah, although on this show, uh, loyal GLers would always know
1: you as John Camp. I don't know. Uh, I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is is that um, is that I kind of like the. The separation between the two okay we're, we're
0: uh, podcasting here on the morning of October 11 uh, and it's been snowing and why are you appear uh, to be in almost a zombie-like state? I think
1: it's because I'm up here and I'm freezing <laughs> I mean I mean I can't believe how cold it is outside Well it's dreadful. I thought we were having global warming. No golf
0: it, in October so far. We're yeah, very know. minimal.
1: Yeah.
0: And you're living in Santa Fe. Yes, I am. And the new Virgil Flowers book is called Holy Ghost. Yes. It'll go right to the New York Times.
1: Yes. I'm it, a little worried about the Vince Flynn book out there. Uh, I mean, you know, the question is, is, will this go to number one or not? And I think it will, but uh, Vince is out there. Yeah. And, um, With his ghostwriter. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I've been seeing it everywhere. This is a wonderful whodunit. Yeah, well, thank you.
0: With the crisscross at the end. A little bit. Virgil is a tricky bastard, isn't he?
1: Yes, he is.
0: <laughs> he really is.
1: <laughs> we can't use bad language on the podcast either, can we?
0: Uh, well, that's about as far as I would go. Oh, okay. Yeah, we don't drop the F-bomb or anything like that.
1: No, no, but I see said, said, you know, like one of the guys said that Virgil's a sneaky little so-and-so. Right, and, right. Uh, so I'll just skip the what he really said. Well, Shrake
0: and Jenkins and Virgil are constantly in the business of giving each other extraordinary amounts of grief. Right. 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 Uh, so this is set in a town called Wheatfield, Minnesota. Yes, it is. And I'm—I I don't want to give it away, but some knuckleheads get the bright idea to have the Virgin Mary appear at the local Catholic church, which yes. is down on its luck. Yes. And they—they're <laughs> not terribly bright about it. They—they they recruit the good-looking gal in town, and they put a wig on her. But she also has the blonde eyebrows. <laughs> <I promise. laughs> they didn't think of that, did they? No, and you they said didn't. something to the effect that there weren't many what. Uh, Israeli, Israeli, help me! Uh, right, not many. Well, you'd say it. I can't.
1: Not many Middle Eastern versions who have blonde eyebrows.
0: <laughs> right. like uh. Uh, but that turns out. Which I, when I started the book, I thought these apparitions were going to be the main thrust of the book, and that the discovery of them being fake would lead to some sort of criminal accusations or whatever. That quickly becomes a subplot.
1: Right. Right. Well, you know the thing is, is that uh, you got to do what you got to do if you live in a small town. Oh boy! Yep. And um, and so this is this was not a bad idea on their part. They were going to um, they're gonna they needed the Virgin Mary to appear pretty desperately, and, right. and so she did. And uh, <laughs> even with the blonde eyebrows, and even though they say that her that her accent, her Spanish accent, is not something that, you know commonly encountered in the Spanish world. Uh, so, uh, so she does, and and but, you know, as a Catholic or as a as a lapsed Catholic, no, race, the, you're Catholic. You're just you yeah, just don't I'm, go to church. I'm culturally Catholic, yeah, and uh, as a cultural Catholic. I, I wanted to treat it in kind of a kindly way.
0: I think you did.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I, I really didn't I, – I didn't want to be at all mean-spirited about the whole thing. And, right. And uh, even at the end – If the, anything, it was humorous. And when the archbishop talks to the priest at the very right, end, right. he said, you know, just try to relax a little bit. Right. Get mm-hmm. over so, it. Don't yeah, worry about right, it. Right, yeah. Yeah, they were all in on it sort of. Yeah.
0: Except the Father Bryce who apparently showed up there to help run the thing.
1: Yeah, Father Bryce is sort of a skeptic and, right. and you know, he he noticed that uh, how the commerce was blooming in town after uh, after the appearance of the virgin and uh, he became suspicious.
0: I know you can't rate them, but is this one of your favorite Virgil books?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, um uh, I liked it when it was finished. It was kind of a struggle getting done with it, but uh Why? Um uh, I think because I'm getting old, okay. and I'm and I I'm not uh, I, I I don't feel as driven to do it as I uh, before, and but I still want them to be good, and so they're becoming a little bit more of a struggle.
0: Do you do you find even though you're not 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 as driven maybe as you used to be, that you are finding yourself taking more literary risks
1: than you used to? I don't know. I mean, that's a hard question. I I. Uh,
0: I mean, you get away with number one bestsellers with Virgil and and Lucas Davenport, uh, invariably set in the kinds of towns that are meaningless, small towns down on their luck, hard on their luck, and and yet you manage to to weave around that these stories that have this national and international appeal.
1: Well, the thing I think the thing is is that. Um there's a, there's a kind of way of writing that is a national way of writing as opposed to a, uh, as, a as a local way of writing and mm-hmm. a, and a lot of guys who write kind of locally uh, do kind of like inside jokes and stuff like that and I don't I I think that I think that uh, that what goes on in Wheatfield Minnesota which has got a population of 600 people or so. It sort of applies nationally. Well, it applies all over the place. It's a it's a lot of people who are kind of struggling to get along, and there's not a lot of because I've invented the place. There's not a lot of inside jokes or mm-hmm. or local stuff or you know stuff that you have to understand to um, to uh, to understand the story.
0: I think the ongoing okay. joke about the female barber is pretty good.
1: Yeah, the investigative hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A,
0: and she manages to always cuddle something into her client's ear.
1: That's right. I've actually I've actually had that happen to me. Really? So, uh, yeah. So that it's And it, that's it, who you
0: go back to, I
1: bet. Yeah. It, it makes your ear feel good. What uh-huh. can I tell you? Well, okay. she's
0: rubbing. Uh, she manages to plant her breast in Virgil's ear when she's giving him a
1: haircut. Right. And her husband notices that. Right. And says, "Stop
0: that." Yeah. <laughs> but they get along famously. The uh, the uh, barber and her husband.
1: Right. I mean, he's a good guy, and uh, you know, she's an interesting.
0: I made notes, which I rarely do because I know you well enough to talk to you without making notes. But there was one in particular that I made. Uh, The deputy was sitting in his patrol car reading a John Conley novel, Every Dead Thing, when Virgil pulled in beside him. Darren Baker got out of the car carrying the book and said, good thing we're going to talk to heavily armed Nazis because now I can quit reading this book. It's scaring the hell out of me. Should I read that book?
1: John Connolly is a really never ex- heard of this. really excellent writer. I'm making a note, man. And and the thing is is that he he writes some scary books. He's got a he's got a detective called Parker. And the and the thing about Parker is that is that he deals with supernatural stuff. Oh yeah. And and uh, but but it's but it's it's odd. It's odd because it's like Stephen King. Um and uh because because Stephen King writes books that are set in our world, right? And uh, what happens is it is it is it because it's so familiar to us because it's our world, but then some kind of creepy thing slides into it and it makes it feel real to us. And that's what John Connolly does. And so
0: why he, have I not heard of him? Because is he a bestseller? Because he's British. Oh,
1: and and uh, he's British, but his stories are set in Maine. Oh, and and so uh, they're they're very all right. So I'm going to go find
0: this. I'll go to Barnes and Noble, well, he's or got, Amazon. Or he's something. got
1: 15 books out, and oh, yeah. he, he also has a kind of a children's book out, which is uh, uh, adults read it too, and um, it's it's a fairy tale, and it's really neat.
0: Well, I would like to read one of his books that's the least otherworldly. I'm not uh, I'm not necessarily into the uh, uh,
1: well. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're not otherworldly they're they're set in maine okay. and and he's got great characters he's got where
0: Stephen King lives
1: he's got a jenkins and shrake book he's oh, got yeah. a, a jenkins and shrake characters Explain who
0: Jenkins and Shrake are to the listeners. Jenkins
1: and Shrake are two kind of thugs employed by the bca right. and uh, they go around and get beat up and they beat up people Right and uh, Virgil
0: they, calls on them often as right. does Lucas
1: Yeah and and the thing is is that uh Connolly has got two characters like this, and they're both these heavy-set killers. Yeah, because they're actually were employed as killers at one time. Uh, Con- uh, Connolly's character is a private detective, uh, not a not a cop. But at any rate, uh, so these are two big, bulky, tough guys, but they're gay mm-hmm. and they're in love with each other. And they sleep together.
0: <laughs> these are Conley's guys now. Yeah. Not Jenkins and Shrake.
1: No, not Jenkins and Oh, they're, they're notorious hounds. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is that they, they, uh, it, you know, it's weird. I mean, you know, like I have a little trouble handling that mm-hmm. somehow imagining these guys from kind of Boston, uh, you know, they look like football players, right. you know, and then they're kind of snuggling along with each other. and yeah. and, uh, and so it's interesting, but, you know, not something you encounter in a lot of books.
0: I think I found a problem. Uh, are there going to be future Virgil Flowers books? Oh, yeah. Yep. When do you ever envision stopping? Maybe never.
1: No. Well, uh, Virgil Flowers is going to be around for a long time. The question is whether I go to one book a year instead of two.
0: And Because it, at the two books a year now, one's a Lucas and one's a Virgil. Right. Is there another Lucas coming out shortly?
1: I am writing about two-thirds of the way finished with one right now.
0: You already have the idea for the next Virgil. Yes.
1: You do. Yes. The next version will be set in Mankato at Mankato State University, and it's going to be a feud between two departments, one exceedingly politically correct department and the other one... Exceedingly non politically correct department. Well, John
2: is a guy that attended Mankato State for five and a half years. Whatever knowledge you need, you you come to me. And five I'll and lo- a half years. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give you all you need, John.
1: Why would anybody go to Mankato <laughs>
2: State
0: <laughs> for, for for five and a half for five maybe.
1: and a half
2: years? Four maybe.
1: I understand. Four Mankato maybe. State. You know right. why?
0: I had a good time. You know, on the to- on the show, John, I spent a lot of time with with what I'm calling the failed academy. Higher education appears to be in ruin. With. Uh, its search for equity and div- inclusiveness, and at, at the expense of uh, of eliminating truth and reality as we know it. It's That's just, why Virgil's going. There. Okay, well, I can't wait for that one.
1: <laughs> well, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about having kind of a, a middle character, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to invent a new department at Mankato State. That deals with agriculture. Yeah, and this guy deals with pigs. Yeah, and. They all seem very rational to him compared to the people in the two feuding departments, you know. It's like it's
0: a... Do you think you're getting funnier as a writer? No. You don't? <laughs> no. I'm
1: not, I'm not sure sometimes, you know, because uh, cuz I make this stuff up and uh, sometimes it just seems crazier than hell to me. Well, the opening <laughs> like...
0: scenes of, of Holy Ghost, I think are hilarious.
1: I mean the guy shooting flies. Well, the guy
0: sitting in his trailer shooting flies with a pellet gun, which is impossible.
1: No, it's not. Well, he can does not pro- I I could promise you. you've <laughs> done it. I actually I used a twenty two, but I used to, really, I used to sit up at my cabin and the flies would come up and land on the porch, and I'd be sitting over the twenty two <laughs> and I'd knock them off. And uh, you know,
0: you want you want me to uh, give you what I think might be a problem going into the future for yes. Virgil?
1: Okay.
0: You want you want me to uh, give you what I think might be a problem going into the future for yes. Virgil? Okay. And you correct me if I'm wrong, and Roycey's the one who pointed this out. Roycey's a fan of Virgil, Patrick Roycey. You know Pat. You've worked with him. What's what's John going to do about Virgil now that he's no longer chasing women? One of the great pleasures for many readers, I would imagine, of the Virgil Flowers books is the way Virgil would innocently and almost routinely fall in love with different women all throughout the series of the Virgil Flowers books. And now... He's committed to Frankie to the point where they're gonna have twins together. That's I right. gave something away there at the end of the book, but something minor. I don't think I ruined the book. No. And and so Virgil's he he's off limits now.
1: That is a problem that uh that is a problem that Lucas Davenport has struggled with. Yep. Um uh, I walked right up to killing Lucas Davenport's wife. And in the last book that I had, his wife was involved in an automobile accident. Yes,
0: I recall it.
1: Yes, and and uh, in the original version of the book, I killed her. And Why, uh,
0: so he could get back on the circuit?
1: Yes, because, because people like romances in their book, and if you have your main character having uh, – uh, a romance outside his marriage he's a bad guy right and i don't want lucas to be a bad guy No, he's not so, a bad guy. so we can't have this romance outside but but on the other hand uh, on the other hand you sort of need some of that stuff in one of the books and i usually have it by some having some minor character having a romance but i wanted lucas to have a romance so i'm gonna kill his old lady yeah and uh, weather and weather and my editor talked me out of it he said look People are going to hate you if you kill her because, you know, she's now a main character in the series right. and she's been there for 20 years. Even though and,
0: her name is terribly foghornable.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it shouldn't be, you know, from your point of view because she got it because her father was a sailor and he sailed. Yeah, these, I, no,
0: no, I, he, I get it. He sailed
1: the weather. Right, right. And and so he named his daughter that. Yeah. And, uh, but the thing is people want romance, but the problem is is if somebody has – 30 consecutive relationships with women and they can't be they can't be insincere because if they're insincere then he's a bad guy again so they have to be sincere but how do you have 30 sincere relationships with women one a year forever and yeah. and and you can't you know and so I I wind up marrying them off now uh, James Lee Burke has had the same problem. Right. He's killed off three wives.
0: Right. In the he, he set his down in Louisiana.
1: Right. And his he just killed his latest wife off uh, in the last book, the Robuchon book. hmm And uh, she was in an automobile accident too.
0: Well, Weather was in a horrible automobile accident.
1: Right. Yeah. And she was you know hospitalized and she was cut up and all this kind of stuff and and uh, but she's not dead unfortunately.
0: I I kept thinking throughout this book that Virgil would take a run at this hairdresser. Uh, and then realized no that that's not going to happen. the hairdresser and her husband are, are delightfully eccentric characters and and they get along too well for the hairdresser to have violated that relationship.
1: Well, and not only that is that I find as I get older maybe it's because you know the the I don't know why, but um, it's interesting to run into a woman who kind of likes your looks, and mm-hmm. you kind of like her looks, mm-hmm. but nothing's going to happen. So you have this kind of nice little relationship that mm-hmm. goes on and is is in there and is uh, and is kind of fun, but there's not, not nothing's going to happen there. It's just you know kind of human.
0: I found myself uh, lamenting the fact that during the whole time, Virgil and Shrank and Jenkins and Holland and Skinner and the rest of these characters are in Wh- Wheatfield. There's nothing to eat. Right. they became they became addicted to chicken pot pies
1: that's right because mom's diner which is the mayor's mom the mayor's mom and the mayor hates her because right. uh, because she, because she's such a jerk right and uh, uh, they've got three cooks down there who are uh, who are not good. Right. And uh, people can't identify the food they're getting in the no. place. And so, uh, Particularly the meat. Yeah. And so the meat <laughs> may come from a veterinarian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when did you get in town? Uh, yesterday. Did you? Were you at uh, uh, Harmar Mall on Wednesday, October 10th? Yes, I was. And then today you're, uh, well, it won't do any good to advertise this on a podcast, but right. today you're at... Uh,
1: out uh, in diner at Barnes and, Dinah and Noble.
0: Barnes and Noble at twelve thirty, and then tonight at uh, Once Upon a Crime. Right. What time is that? Again, that well, I might get posted yeah. in time to help people know that you're at Once Upon a Crime. Absolutely.
1: Tonight. Yep. I think it's a seven.
0: And then when do you leave town?
1: Tomorrow morning. Crack and dawn, I'm going to Houston.
0: Well, then I have an assignment for you. Okay. Uh, not an assignment. I, I have a, r- a recommendation for you. All right. You're going to have time between your uh, noon appearance today. And uh, your evening appearance today. Uh, and I know you're a longtime customer of RF Moller. Yes. They got a deal right now during the month of October where you go in and you get any watch priced $500 or more, you get $250 off.
1: moller has got enough of my money.
0: I know, but you've enjoyed every bit of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've enjoyed it. I'll tell you what, my wife has enjoyed it. Right. I I have been out, you know, working like a slave to pay off more. Well, Moeller's Moler, got, Moler's Moler's taking vacations down in Florida on my dollar, <laughs> have you Have you been know?
0: to all three stores? What? Ford and Cleveland, 50th in France, Gavaday Common, in downtown Minneapolis?
1: I, I go to the one down on Ford.
0: Ford, and that's the, that's the flagship started by the dad in 1951. That's right. It's still a family business. They've been in business 67 years, and you can't stay in business for 67 years without providing the kind of uh, value and service that they well, have. I, I think, and I know for a fact you have spent a lot of money
1: there. I I think Moeller. Has got some kind of tracking device on my phone because uh, because every time I come to town, he's over there in the place showing me another diamond and and, and uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you,
0: I'm getting out the world's smallest violin for you.
1: Okay, well, t- <laughs> I, I I will tell you, uh, you know, because I make a reasonable salary. And, I think and, you and, do, and and my wife
0: and I'm and I've been personally grateful for that.
1: And my wife, my my wife has some diamond earrings
0: right now. Mm-hmm.
1: And we went out uh, to dinner with some friends. This
0: is in back in Santa Fe.
1: In Santa Fe, and the my friend's wife kind of squatted down and looked at her ears, and she said, "Oh my, oh boy!" And uh, because I, I actually spent some money on the old lady, and, right. and uh, the old lady who's seventeen years younger than I am. <laughs> but what can I say?
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you you're, are you loving Santa Fe?
1: I do. You know. Uh, I love this place, too. Mm-hmm. I lived here for 40 years. And, and every time I come back here, this feels like my town in a way that Santa Fe doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, Santa Fe, I I, I I I'm looking for this now. Every time I go down there, every time it gets cloudy there, I'm looking to see if we can find a day when I don't see any blue sky. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had one yet in four years.
0: We haven't had blue sky here for about the last two weeks.
1: And when I got here— I remembered one of the reasons I moved to Santa Fe is because because it's gray here, and I and I tend to get depressed in the winter time.
0: Yeah, what can you see from your front window? A wall. Okay, go outside <laughs> then, knucklehead. Well, what can you see in the distance?
1: <laughs> well, I I'm living on the, on the on the. West side of the Rocky Mountains. Really? I mean, there, there, there's a 12,000 foot mountain outside my door. Okay. And there's a ski slope up on top That's of it.
0: That's what I was so, getting at. Yeah. But on a clear day, can't you see? Uh, and
1: right now, there's. <laughs> uh, on a clear day, we're building a house. I thought you were done. The little woman is building a house up on top of a mountain.
0: Well, side. how long is this going to take?
1: It's. We're now in the third year. And uh, from our back porch, we can see a mountain on the Colorado border, which is 140 miles away. Isn't, isn't that something? Yeah.
0: And you're, uh, you're not
1: golfing much anymore, are you? I might be easing back into it this really? spring. I'm thinking about it, yeah. Really? Yeah. I was talking to Dennis Lean last night, yep. and, uh, and uh, he's an enthusiastic golfer. And, yes, he and, is. Um, he says... That he's going to try to talk you back into it. and uh, and that, I need his help. And that with your abilities. Uh, which are limited. You know, which, which you know, need some grooming. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that we could be all back golfing again. Do you ever take time
0: off from writing?
1: I really can't with two books a year. That's why I'm thinking about going to one sometime in the future, which is, you know, maybe a couple of years off yet.
0: Well, what what is the work schedule? Is it daily?
1: Yes. I, I can't escape it.
0: Seven days a week?
1: Yes. Well, you know, I, I mean, I take days off now and then when mm-hmm. I when I don't write. But usually it's when I'm stuck and I can't figure out exactly what the next move in is. And right now I'm stuck and it's extremely frustrating because I can't figure out what the next move is. And, uh, and so uh, I don't work. But that's not the same as – Taking a day off because I because I'm obsessing about it.
0: Getting know? stuck, you once described to me as like going down a, a an alley and finding that it's a dead end, and you've got to back out and start over again.
1: Yeah, and and, and the thing is, is that I'm far enough into this book that I really can't back out. I've this got is the focus book you're talking about. That's right. I've got to find a solution to the problem, and I and the solution is eluding me so far.
0: Maybe that's what's keeping you up at night. It is. Because mm-hmm. you're constantly thinking about that.
1: You can't get away from it. I mean, you know, it's a it's a it's a problem that's got to be solved, and and uh, and I'm kind of stuck.
0: Before I let you go today, you said you how long did you live in in St. Paul, many in the Twin Cities?
1: Almost forty years. It was like thirty eight years, something like that.
0: And you won a Pulitzer Prize for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Yes, you were one of the world's worst columnists.
1: Actually, I was pretty good. In no, the, not and, really. And I think, I think, I, I, think I, I think you picked up a lot of useful stuff. <laughs> <right> there, <honestly. laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I, I I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I thought, you know, Joe's kind of like one of the people I mentored over the years. And yeah. the, and it's like, it's
0: like, well, here's what I'm bringing up. What I want to know what you think of the state of news gathering in the United States right now, the state of the American newspaper. For I example. think
1: it's awful, isn't it? something? Well, it, it's not. It's not newspapers. I think newspapers might actually be coming back a little bit.
0: Well, Trump could be the re- reason for that.
1: But the well, Nona. No, it, it, it's not that. It's that it's, it's so many news organizations got caught up with what I call clickbait. Mm-hmm. And so there are 325 million people in the United States. Mm-hmm. Everything bad that, that people could do to each other gets done every day in the United States. Small children get kidnapped right. and murdered and raped and women are taken out and dragged through the streets And because it's not because we live in a terrible place, it's because there are 325 million people here.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so something bad is going to happen to somebody every day. And what what the news media has evolved into is a clickbait type of system where they find the worst thing that happened in America every day and put it right in front of your face.
0: Constant hysteria.
1: And, and so what you wind up thinking is it's like you think it's happening here. Mm-hmm. But St. Paul, I mean, when was the last time you went out and saw a woman dragged down the street in St. Paul?
0: Fortunately, I cannot recall that. Yes,
1: it never happened. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, is that, uh, you know, how many murders are there every year in St. Paul? You know, a couple?
0: Well, no, unfortunately, that number is increasing, as it is in Minneapolis.
1: But I mean, but I mean, they're still not. Right. It's it's not like a daily occurrence. You're not afraid you know?
0: to walk down Grand Avenue at night.
1: No. Or, or even not.
0: University Avenue. Yeah. Or any not. avenue. Yeah,
1: you're not. And the, and the thing is, is that. The news media leave you the impression that, that that that's a big problem.
0: Have you ever seen a time in your life when you uh, have seen newspapers uh, more willing to identify themselves as either conservative thinking or liberal thinking? I you have. You you look at the Daily News in New York. That all you're going to get is a leftist slant. You look at the New York Post. You'll get a well, little. You don't more have to look of at
1: the Daily News. You look at the New York Times. Yeah,
0: well, I was going to get to that. The New York Times, the Washington Post, the L.A. Times. Uh, And then uh, to me, the only paper I really count on for being somewhat aware of the center trying to hold is the Wall Street Journal.
1: Well, the Wall Street Journal uh, has got some uh, conservative commentators on it that are really bad. The New York Times has some liberal commentators that are really bad. Mm -hmm. The Washington Post uh, is so obsessed with politics – I mean the Washington Post, uh, I was actually moved – I subscribed to it and I was actually uh, moved to write a comment, which I hardly ever do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other day, this woman said the country's being torn apart by this confirmation uh, process mm-hmm. for Kavanaugh. And, and my comment was I went down to Starbucks this morning and the country didn't seem to be torn apart. Right. I mean the country wasn't torn about by Kavanaugh. Politics were politics was people who are really deeply involved in winning in politics were torn apart by Kavanaugh, but the rest of us just went around and went to Starbucks and read books and did whatever.
0: Do you think that newspapers will survive in our lifetime?
1: I'm, I think that they might be coming back a little bit, and and uh, because people are finding out that what they get on the internet uh, in in uh, in these in these crazy blogs and these crazy uh, clickbait stuff is not the truth Mm -hmm. it's not just it's it's that these people are people who sit down in their basement eating pizzas Mm -hmm. and 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 writing this stuff and and that they're sitting down the basement eating pizzas they're not going to the police stations like reporters do and they're not going out and and figuring out new stuff they're they're sitting down their basement eating pizzas
0: you feel that when you write a book like holy ghost the new virgil flowers book that you've done reporting
1: well, I have done some ob- observing. I you mean, you're a,
0: you're a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter. Do you ever miss reporting?
1: Yes, I miss it a lot, actually. As a matter of fact, I know how I could win another Pulitzer. Really? Next year?
0: Why'd you tell me off the air?
1: Well, <laughs> no, because you'd have to move to New Mexico, oh, which okay. you probably wouldn't want to. No. But there's a situation in New Mexico which is uh, which is which has got Pulitzer written all over it. But you have to be. <laughs> You have to have the kind of a, you have to have a certain kind of attitude to see it.
0: Well, you apparently have seen it? Yeah. Is it something you want to share?
1: No. Uh, but the the thing is, is if I actually did the reporting, somebody would kill me. So um, mm. so that's a drawback.
0: That's, a, that's, that's a, a good reason. It's a drawback. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a drawback.
1: Yeah. And but the thing is, I'm serious. Somebody, I'm somebody, sure you somebody, are. Somebody I know you'd be. Me. It might be a it might be a doper, but on the other hand, it might be a cop. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I'm getting it. Yeah. I'm getting it.
0: Yeah. Well, don't, don't get yourself dead over this.
1: Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, working with somebody else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd do the writing and they could do the reporting. It's like,
0: John, uh, it's always wonderful to talk to you. Uh,
1: Oh, well, thanks for having me over.
0: I'll see you for dinner, maybe, huh? Okay, and uh, and then you can you know make your run to Moeller and remind him that you he, he's put a tracking device I'm, on your phone.
1: I, I'm not going anyplace near Moeller. Every time I go <laughs> by Moeller, I wind up lighter. You know, right? It's
0: like, but it's you've like enjoyed three. the value you got.
1: Yes, of course I've enjoyed the value. My wife has enjoyed the value. I, I bet she has. I'm reminded of it every time I see her. Too. Are you it's still
0: like, working with her on a children's series?
1: No. You did uh,
0: some youth novels, though.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, Michelle is a terrific editor. She also is
0: former St. Paul Pioneer press reporter. Yes. Yeah.
1: And she's cute. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I have never denied
1: that. Okay. Yeah.
0: John, uh, best of luck. I'm sure uh, Holy Ghost will go right to the top.
1: I hope. Yeah.
0: And uh, I'll try some of these John Conley books. Okay. Upon your recommendation. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. Yep. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Sucherelli. Yeah, it's my headphones. Six Mile Grove Man of Steel on that one, bro. Before we get to John Heights' newscast, can I read you two emails? Sure. Uh, Joe Marano writes, hey, Joe and the gang, after listening to the story of the third grader's use of the word bellow, B-E-L-L-O-W, which I also thought was pretty funny. I texted it to my adult family telling them that I had just heard this on Garage Logic. These are the responses I got Wow, you just bellow my mind. Look, well, I'll bellow. And the answer, my friend, is bellowing in the wind. What can I say? I was blown away. We are all adults here, and I guess we think we're comedians too. Thanks for the laughs, Joe Murano. Uh-huh. Hardy har har! <laughs> and Ryan and Wilmer writes, Joe, you and Kenny were discussing how to prepare a proper cup of coffee. Next time, take your coffee grounds and regrind them before you brew. The consistency should look something like cocoa powder, and definitely use ice cold water. Just a suggestion wait. for the next time. I don't have my own uh, grinder, thus trying to beat up the bag of uh, coffee grounds wait, with did, a wait, putter.
3: What did he say? What did he say? There? What, did I, what did I just tell you? What did I just tell you? He
0: said. He said, re grind your grounds until they get to the consistency of cocoa powder. Why? Your coffee's already ground. Well, I guess it's his belief that that's resulting in yet an even tastier now, cup of is, joe.
4: Is he reusing ones he's used? That's no, no, I, no,
0: John. Oh, he
4: that's what I saw. He brings home
0: a bag of ground coffee from Starbucks or Caribou sure. or whatever. Yeah. And then he is suggesting then re-grind them. Oh, oh okay. That's okay. why I was confused. I thought he meant after using them before yeah. throwing them away. Well, then you would have to use your app grinder, correct? i I just huh? use a putter and just what? beat the hell out of it. Yeah, you did oh a, a ball god, peen so hammer. Yeah. yeah,
4: get a grinder for nice twelve ninety nine. Right. I don't know. have
0: a grinder, John. 12, Maybe
4: I'll look into 1299, it. Twelve ninety nine, Joey. Here's the it. newscast. Thank you, Joe. Let's start with a local sports story. Jimmy okay. Butler. This oh is, my god. This is, this is some of the most petulant, immature behavior I've ever seen. He practiced uh, with the squad on Wednesday. Uh, there were some fireworks and all this. Yeah, because this is podcast number twenty two, October eleven. Uh, he uh, Butler, who asked for a trade more than three weeks ago, practiced with the Wolves for the first time on Wednesday afternoon. ESPN reported Butler verbally challenged players, coaches, and even GM Scott Layden in the practice. Challenge him to fights, or just verbally challenge him. Just challenge him to being
0: to, a jerk. In to other be words, be better. Yeah. I guess uh, during... he isn't that good. He's pretty good, but he's, he's not good, that yeah. good.
4: Uh, During the whole practice, Butler dominated the team scrimmages, even when going up against stars like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Forward Anthony Tolliver and guard Jeff Teague took a few Butler-related questions after practice, but neither would even confirm that Butler was there. When reporters were allowed in at the conclusion of practice, Butler wasn't there. Uh, One player uh, told Doogie, our buddy Darren Wolfson from KSTP, he said, quote, I'm legally blind when asked how Butler looked. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> In an interview taped with ESPN after practice, Butler acknowledged that a, quote, lot of the network's report was true and that the scene at practice was him just showing passion and being brutally honest. He said, all my emotion came out at one time. Was that the right way to do it? No, but I can't control that when I'm out there competing. Yes, you can. That's my love of the game. That's raw me, me B at as my in finest. B, S, as in S Me at my purest. What a pain in the ass!
2: You know how you have the theory, Joe, about the NFL morphing into a quasi reality television show. I got news for you. The Think NBA. that's happening already. Oh, no, the, the NBA. NBA is already there. All right. This was all the whole Rachel Nichols. Yeah. she just happened to be oh, there. ESPN yeah. had the date. heads
0: up on this for forty-eight hours. That's,
2: mm. It's. <laughs> I hate. Everything about the NBA, and I
4: I love basketball, but God, I hate the NBA. Uh, Thursday, the Wolves did have a practice scheduled. Uh, they they canceled it, so there won't be any practice, and reporters won't be talking. Well,
0: Patrick had a hell of a column about this today, and uh, he doesn't uh, pull any punches when it comes to the coach <laughs> for allowing this. Tibbs, yeah, for allowing this. Are you kidding me? This is embarrassing. Did he go after the owner at all? Nope. No, no. The owner happens to also own his newspaper. I No. <laughs> No fall words <laughs> against the owner,
4: huh? Uh, On out to news of the day, Ryan Companies unveiled long-awaited plans Wednesday night to transform St. Paul's former Ford Motor Company site into a mixed-use urban village. First thing I saw when I saw the schematics was it looks like the projects <laughs> somewhere. Oh, okay. Its vision earned mostly positive reviews from neighbors who <clears throat> have been divided over what should fill in the 122 acres. A lot of longtime residents worried the city's emphasis on housing density would blot out the historic character of Highland stately single-family homes. Ryan officials say they plan to build less density than they could, about 3,800 units of housing on 40 new city blocks, with a mix of single-family homes, condos, row houses, and senior rentals. No building would be taller than six stories. 20% of the housing, 750 units, would be affordable, interspersed throughout the site. Affordable for whom? Mm-hmm. More than 50 of the site's 122 acres would be set aside as public access open space, including a stormwater collection feature resembling a river flowing from the site's northern edge at Ford Parkway to Hidden Falls at the south. Minneapolis-based developer also said it will plant at least 1,000 trees, create miles of pathways, some exclusively, of course, for bicycles and pedestrians, and include a couple of Little League ball fields. Officials added they plan to create a couple of parks within the development, at least one of which would take up. An entire block.
2: I'm not an expert in Saint Paul housing by any means. Is there this much of a need for? I'm I I keep thinking who
0: who was going to live
2: there, who's going to live there? I have no idea because it's in a pretty desirable area. That right, Very.
0: that part of Saint Paul is a pretty cool place. You got to find me another connector, Reeves, for the headphones because this one's a, this one's not, I'm not happy
4: with this one. The backs. <laughs> Back seat of every. You, yeah. Do you want
1: that done right now? Yes. Do you yes. I, you want just,
0: I just want the gold metal kind. The kind with plastic,
4: uh, uh, they're not any good. Wait, okay. we used to have a bunch sitting here, but I borrowed others. one. You borrowed one. Yeah. I see. Okay. Or no, I loaned one for me. Well, you. yesterday <laughs> I lost my headphones.
0: How could that be? I'm very protective of things like that. Did you take them to your car? Perhaps? Remember yesterday afterwards we went back to yeah. our hovel and we were sure. trying to clean up and, yeah. and, and, uh, and somehow in that
4: excitement maybe they got. Misplaced. I have no hmm. idea. Hmm. The backseat of every Minneapolis police squad car will soon display a message in English and Spanish. That message, you have the right to remain silent about your place of birth, immigration status, and anything else. Mayor Jacob Frye has promised to keep Minneapolis safe for immigrants as federal authorities ramp up enforcement of immigration laws. After introducing the placards that idea in worry. his State of the City speech in May, Fry held a news conference a Wednesday to reveal them to the public. He said, right now, cities have to step up and do what our federal administration and Congress won't. He said, we will not let this lack of compassion at the highest levels of our government prevent us from doing what is right for our immigration communities here in Minneapolis. For I said, the police administration, including Chief... We Min- have to do everything we can to make illegal people very, very comfortable. Why I mean, are we making such an effort? Because he is a mysterious. For I said, uh, police chief Madario Arradondo supports the placards, but uh, the rank and file, they're not quite so enthusiastic. Lieutenant Bob Kroll represents the police union's more than 800 members. He's been a consistent critic of the city's immigration agenda, said officers want to enforce immigration laws. Uh, Crashed ice, Red Bull crashed ice, not coming back to St. Paul in 2019.
3: Because Mayor Carter rejected it. Go away. No, no, <laughs> no. no. Not that, that, case. that
0: was my initial thought, but there's no evidence of that. Right. No reason has been given. I'm just playing. I no, I know. And- Which surprises me,
4: though, because the Red Bull people have said this is the best location they've ever seen. Repeatedly they've said that. Yeah. Uh, organizers announced Wednesday the event will take place this winter in Japan and Finland, but the U.S. edition is moving to Boston's Fenway Park in February. See, that's yes. not nearly really? as colorful as the cathedral. No, here. no. Saint Paul. Didn't they, they? did something
2: at Fenway. Was it two years ago? What? What? What winter event did they have there? I'm going to look a it up. Hockey game? Or no, or it was it was outside else. of hockey.
0: Oh. I will say this about Fenway, though. Depending how they it's arrange a it, dump. He, I know I I don't like the ballpark, but you'll be able to see the event. Unlike here, that's true. You can't see it. That's true. But people still will stop two
4: hundred thousand people from standing around. St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter released a statement Wednesday night saying it was incredible to host Red Bull Crash Dice in St. Paul. They were a great partner, and though there are not plans for the event to return in 2019, we look forward to the opportunity to work with them again in the future. Uh, the event, uh, event first came to St. Paul in 2011. It was one of the city's biggest tourist draws, uh, bringing, uh, according to officials, more than 100,000 spectators to downtown each year.
2: Well, okay, I got a logistics question. Mm-hmm.
0: That track that they use is massive.
2: Yep. How the hell is it going to fit in the ballpark?
0: You uh, like a big spiral, start it out <laughs> in center field, and work it back towards home plate. I imagine that that way you the think it would fit in, in there. I have no idea, but the peop- that way—that's the only way you
4: could see it if you were in the ballpark. Sure, a normally reliable Soyuz FG rocket malfunctioned two minutes after liftoff from Kazakhstan. Right. Exactly. Kazakhstan. 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 Why can I not say that? We support Kazakhstan. <laughs> your war of terror. On, on Thursday. <laughs> I always get it wrong. The malfunction... You shouldn't f- laugh. Is everybody okay? Yeah, yeah. everybody's okay. The malfunction oh. forced a Russian cosmonaut and his NASA crewmate to execute an emergency abort and a steep but safe return to Earth a few hundred miles from the launch site. Russian recovery crews reported the crew came through the ordeal in good shape. It was NASA astronaut Nick Haig and Russian cosmonauts Alexei Ovchinin both in good condition after today's launch, according to NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine. And cosmonaut, uh, cosmonaut Borat. <laughs> no, a, a translator uh, called it failure of the booster, relaying a report from Ovchinin to Russian mission control near Moscow. Moments later, he confirmed the Soyuz had separated from the rocket's upper stage, saying, we are in weightlessness. Moments after that, as the spacecraft plunged back into the thick lower atmosphere, it rapidly decelerated, subjecting the crew to nearly seven times the normal force of gravity at one point. Air-to-ground communications with the crew were cut off shortly after an exchange, either because NASA or the Russian Space Agency opted to keep the loop private because of the malfunction or because the capsule passed beyond the range of its radio system. In any case, NASA launch commentator Brandy Dean monitoring events from the Johnson Space Center in Houston said the Soyuz's descent module landed near the town of Zakazgan, a familiar staging site for normal Soyuz re-entries. In
2: 2016, Fenway Park was the host of a ski jumping and ah. snowboarding
0: event. I see. Okay, Seven mm. Gs would basically squeeze the crap out of you, wouldn't it? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Well, apparently it did not. Mm. Boy, I don't like these backup headphones. No. Cha cha, one One two, one two, one it's two. It's tough
4: when you don't have. That's why I borrowed the key a few minutes ago from you to go. Well, John, get mine. you're you're not being
0: disingenuous. You're
4: uh, you're agreeing with me. I agree completely
0: oh, it's with just you. A, yeah, uh, I don't yeah. like to. have... I like yeah. my headphones. These yeah. are mine. They're just not as good as the ones I've lost.
4: Uh, what? I don't know. <laughs> the postal service is asking for the biggest price jump on stamps in its history. For you your guys, Joe. I'm going to get
0: down there and buy so many
4: uh, Forever. forevers First. right now to add to my collection. Facing pressure from the Trump administration to address a revenue shortfall, the Postal Service on Wednesday proposed raising the price of one ounce letters from fifty cents to fifty-five cents. Fifty-five? Still a miracle to me. They haven't reached. They, we haven't reached my threshold yet.
0: What's
3: the What's Where you threshold? Where would stop? You mean? Or I or? would
0: stop buying? Yeah. Dollar. To me, it's still a miracle that I can put fifty-five cents on an envelope and somebody's going to take that to San Diego for me. That's yeah. a miracle to me. What's mm. in San Diego? <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> Great the weather. What has the sun. Yeah,
4: 76 and sun. <laughs> what has gone up, though, uh, the price of packages. I, I, I deal with packages. I rarely a, deal a, with packages. A lot. Yeah. At first class, I uh, used to be able to sell, say, something the size of a CD. What, are you selling mm-hmm. the white or not, silverware? Or what are you doing on yeah, Not to sell, but you could uh, send a CD for about $1.21. Yeah. Now costs three fifty. dollars Really? And that's in about a 10-year span. Wow. So, uh, anyway. Anyway. And anywho, real first world problems huh, on Really is. It really it? is. Really you could be really living is. in Mexico Beach, Florida.
0: When you you it talk it no about no longer exists. You talk about packaging.
3: Um, before we left back the hovel back there where we had stuff, I found a, a flat piece of cardboard, mm-hmm. which if you open it up, it folds into a box. Okay. I have no idea. Yeah. I looked at it and I stared at it for about five minutes.
2: No. I had no idea. And then my it. instruction to him was hang on. We're putting this on video.
0: We should explain to listeners we refer to the hovel It's just a gathering space where we prepare for the show, and uh, it's going to soon become under construction, which is why we've had to get rid of stuff because they're building an actual new podcast studio. Yeah, yeah. Getting a Boy, little makeover. Mm-hmm. I should have had a garage, a garage logic garage sale. That's what I should have done mm-hmm. for charity.
3: Uh right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need it. The yep. Bukowski <laughs> College <laughs> Fund, <laughs> the, uh, the Garage
2: Logic former crew fund. It would be the beer fund. It wouldn't be anything necessity. I will say that was one of your greatest phone calls when you called in under the weather uh, during
0: your.
4: And I'm not sale. real proud of that. I think oh, I, yeah, a little yeah, hard on my was... son that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Don't say. Oh, I'd love to repeat that. Do you have that handy? Um, We've got it in there. You got to replay this for new podcast listeners. Oh. When we learned that we were going off live radio air, Rookie happened to have scheduled that day as a day off yeah. to run the annual family garage sale. But it began to sink into him throughout the afternoon as he was selling, you know, used butter knives or whatever <laughs> that our on air. Our 25-year run uh, on the air had come to a close uh, so by the time uh, he decided to call us, we happened to be on the air. That was our last on-air show. But as I said, he had pre-scheduled that as a day off. Uh, so he decided he just had to weigh in.
3: <laughs> this is the um, this the is, is the audio animal. of the call. Yep, there we go. Uh, just leave the bottle. Leave it. <laughs> drop it. Drop, it, drop, it the bottle, drop the bottle. So... Do you like basketball? I got some basketballs for sale. What No. Hello? Hello? Rookie. <laughs> I tried to sell some old baseballs from Little League. These are the rookies' can play with this ball here. I was, I was the rookie. Uh, I didn't play, but I was a coach. Yep. And I was a damn good coach. Yep. Well, I, I how, Oh <laughs> Let me get that one. That's a love spell a little bit. <laughs> hey, cheers again. Hey. Cheers. Hey. You ever see trading places with a guy?
0: You can you
3: I can know. you're just
0: you're just oh. you can figure you can mention that now, huh? Yeah. I will call you every day.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you, <watch> <laughs> you see the show yet? Yeah. You see the show? I will see the show. How long is the... One hour. <laughs> an
0: hour. It took how me an hour to get how here.
3: How long? One, hour.
0: How, One long, hour. how long is the garage sale going to last?
3: <laughs>
0: oh, you got Monday, Tuesday.
3: <laughs> We're
2: going to be here. <laughs> Starting September 7th, hey. it's going to keep going. So, you know what this does? Uh-huh. This brings Nooning to everything must go. <laughs> everything
0: must go. <laughs> I, I um, believe I got a text from you, uh, Rook, that reads... We want
3: to sell everything. Hey, those are half off over there. Hey, hey, uh, Rookie used to feed his grass with that. That's uh, uh, $5. <laughs> Five
0: bucks. Four. Four. <laughs> He's I think I'm going to get down there. I bet I can get some deals, huh? I think
3: you can. I got a bunch of douche crap I got to get rid of.
0: How many copies of
2: Waterline did you put up for sale? Oh, my God.
3: Nobody will buy that crap. <laughs>
2: They're
0: real rookies coming out now, isn't he? Oh, my God. Hey, Gabe, oh.
3: Gabe go get you another beer. <laughs> get the good ones. None of that light crap. Hey, don't sass. Don't say That's oh, the
0: line of the Oh, what did you want to know? So now he turns it on. What so did you want to know? What did I? Uh, you were wondering about sportscaster Idol. What happened with that? Well, I think we lost your tape. Uh That hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, that's at the fair. Oh, it is. So, do we still got a chance? Can we reapply? <laughs>
3: Is there a loophole I oh, a loophole oh I can't, I can't write this anywhere.
0: note to myself fast enough uh,
3: we got a we got a loophole yeah you I can come in Saturdays at seven,
4: yeah,
2: so what
0: or, you're or saying, is,
3: rook is, or is it sunday
2: when you uh when, when you heard the scramble fire at one oh three you you took advantage,
3: yeah, thanks Good, thanks, yeah, keep another one on eye <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> Coffee. I'm an airline
3: pilot. Well so that's
0: Foster Brooks.
3: <laughs> oh I, I
0: gotta stop now. I'm 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 having trouble. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well I, I'll I'll check with you so later to see. What are you doing see... on the eighth? What? What are you doing on the eighth? I don't know. It's a whole the... new day then, isn't it? You wanna go to the beach? <laughs> I'll be in touch. Uh, huh? I <laughs> I said I'll be in touch. I thought you said don't fall on the couch. <laughs> you've just okay. invented, you've just invented a character that's going to live on in the podcast world. My timing is off. <laughs> no, it's not. It's perfect. It's perfect. Sure Ten years ago. That's right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh Uh-huh. We have a scramble, don't we?